Welcome, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler Podcast, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including Psychor product updates, full site builds, suggestions and insights, and getting the most out of your Psychor investment and more. I'm your host, John Price, Psychor Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. Over the past few years, the content management and digital experience platform scene has changed drastically. Recently, Gartner has introduced this concept of Composable. To summarize, a Composable technology stack are basically pieces of technology that can be selected to be used over a larger overall digital ecosystem without being too tethered together. Along this topic for today, we are going to be discussing Psychor and Headless. Headless has been a hot development trend lately, and this fits directly in with the concept of Composable. What many do not know is that Psychor originated and is still technically a headless CMS. Psychor has and still does a fantastic job of separating the data layer from the presentation layer. Until recently, though, Psychor hasn't truly marketed itself as a headless platform. There are numerous options you're going to hear us talk about today, including Psychor Headless Services, which was previously known as JSS, Psychor Experience Edge, and also Content as a Service. The term headless in and of itself has become a bit of a buzzword as well. There are pros and cons of every development solution, and this is no different. I am joined for today's episode by James Gregory, a well-tenured Psychor architect of over eight years and a multi-year Psychor MVP. I have had the pleasure of working with James on Psychor projects for over eight years. James, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So James, you know, we've been through many, many projects together over those past eight years, and this is a very interesting topic as the market has shifted. So James, tell me a little bit about what Head and Headless is, and tell us about the terminology that's come about the past few years. Sure. Yeah. Headless is when everyone runs around not knowing what's going on because they don't have a head. Uh, no, it's, you know, Psychor has been headless, as you know, in the past. It just isn't the traditional modern headless that it is today. Uh, what is headless? All right. So headless is you got your front end website. That's your head. So headless is you don't have your front end website. You just have everything behind it. So it's really common if you want to just put all of your content in one spot and then share that content across many channels. You got mobile apps, various websites, properties. Internet of Things, wherever you want to push that content, emails, what have you. So the headless architecture allows for that flexibility, and that's really what headless is. It's, it's about flexibility, and it's also about you know, keeping up with changing trends. Where you don't have to replatform every few years. Uh, it gives you that future-proof approach. Wonderful. So, James, why would someone consider using headless compared to some of the other development approaches today? What are some general pros and cons? So one is separation of concerns. So you can have one team work on the display of your content and another team work on the management of your content. Uh, so it gives clear separation. And uh, just the agility. Um, so if front-end technologies change over the years, you don't have to replatform. And then a cross-channel, right? You, you can have one central area that can be cross-channel. It's also great for scaling. Because your front-end is detached, you don't have to scale up your back-end architecture. You can keep it nice and isolated and separate. So where you have demand, you can scale that up in your presentation layer. Uh, and there's also a lot of great tools in the modern stack. So with headless approach, you get a lot of performance abilities and caching abilities, uh, static site generation, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think the other interesting aspect of headless is it's really opening up the Psychor ecosystem specifically to other types of developers. You know, traditionally, Psychor, you'd have to learn the framework. You'd have to be onboarded by a backend dev where the front end aspects of Psychor now that are headless really kind of open up the framework to pretty much anyone that has any type of front-end development experience. I think that's also going to, is kind of an interesting trend as well in the Psychor space. But specifically talking about headless, what may be not known to the audience is it's really kind of geared towards more for the development individuals. But you know, we still have to keep in mind the content authors and marketers. So what are some cons of the headless approach? 
Yeah, that's a great point you bring up because even though it's a buzz and it's a trending thing, you have to be careful what you're getting yourself into. Because when you get into a headless stack, what you don't have is your front-end website. And so that needs to be built out. And there's various options that you can choose to build that out. One of the big cons with uh, headless, uh, traditional headless that is, is that you don't have a marketing suite to design the site. So your dynamic design. A lot of headless sites are just static, ready to go, and, and marketers can't really get in there and change things. So it goes back to the development team to build new pages, build landing pages, marketing pages, all that kind of stuff, depending on your tooling. So that's what you want to watch out for, you know, when you need to plan for. Uh, what's great about Sitecore's offering is right now uh, with Sitecore JSS, you get that dynamic design with your headless site. So you can have your central content storage, but then you can also have an additional service of page design presentation. Uh, and so a marketer can have a, a library of pre-built components and you can uh, add dynamic components to a page in a designing tool, the page editor tool, and then that gets sent to the headless site and rendered dynamically. So that's a really great option that Sitecore solves for that, you know, speed to, to change, right? So you can have your headless and all the performance gains there, but you can also have your marketing tools layered in as well. And I look forward to how that's going to grow. Uh, Sitecore has announced the Sitecore Symphony tool, front end as a service. So there's going to be a lot of lot to watch there in that space, uh, but that's a really a, a critical piece in the traditional headless uh, that you still want that uh, flexibility, agility, and dynamic design. Yeah, to summarize, so basically traditional headless really don't have a back-end experience editor or drag-and-drop interface, right? You're really kind of, dare I say, pigeon-held to the front-end developers on how they want to design something. You probably have to go back to them if you want to add new components and things like that. The, you know, markers mm -hmm. are really only updating the data, like the actual text, the actual field values. Mm -hmm. But you bring an interesting point up with Sitecore and really the headless services approach. We'll dive into, I want to dive a little bit more into that in a second, but the other thing that just the marketers on the you know, podcasts understand is traditional headless. You know, a lot of these platforms have a backend marketing suite in XDB and XConnect where you traditionally would lose that in a headless architecture. But Sitecore also has a CDP if you do go for the traditional headless approach where other platforms really don't solve that need. So at least with the Sitecore platform, you have that solved if you go completely headless with Sitecore. But, you know, there are a number of headless options with Sitecore nowadays. James, you started mentioning Sitecore headless services or anything else you want to expand upon what you just mentioned? Yeah, so it's a growing space with options. So, you know, Sitecore's had JSS for a while now, and that's Sitecore's JavaScript services. And so that lets you do front-end frameworks like React, Vue, Angular. Um, there's now an option for MVC, .NET Core MVC, if, you, if your team wants to do that. And, and recently, there's the Next.js offering as well. And what's interesting about the Next.js offering is it, it takes care of a lot of the, the hosting and, and uh, production needs. Uh, one of them in particular is the static site generation. And so it gives you a lot of granular control of what's statically generated ahead of time, which is where you get great performance boosts. And uh, traditional Next.js just lets you do page level caching. But since Sitecore knows about your dynamic page presentation layer, your components and whatnot, it can actually do static component generation for the pages. And you can change the timing where this component's cached for an hour, this component's cached for a day, and this one's not cached at all. So you get a lot of granular control. Uh, with a light lift, they're just adding in the SDK layer. So talking about the headless, Sitecore headless specifically, which was previously called JSS, I'd say this is more of a traditional middle ground where you get the best of both worlds. You get a, a I'll say a pseudo headless approach where Sitecore comes with its own SDK for a JavaScript library, but then you also get the marketing suite where a marketer can go in and actually drag and drop components around. So the Sitecore headless, I think, is a pretty good middle, middle ground. Would you agree? Absolutely. And there's some really great features coming out lately. So 
Experience Edge came out, and that gives you a, a globally distributed, scaled, performant um, content as a service. So you can take your content, whether you're in content management, working in content editor and, and editing content there, you can publish it like a publishing target up to the Experience Edge. Uh, so now it's globally available to anywhere. Uh, or if you have Content Hub, you can also take your Content Hub templated content and push that into the Experience Edge endpoint. And now that's globally available for your headless apps. So Great. that's a cool offering to see. Great. And the other, yeah. the other term I hear kicked around nowadays is also called content as a service or CAS. Anything that you can expand upon there? Yeah. Uh, essentially, it's just an endpoint that your front-end website can hit to get content. And it's generally JSON-structured. Uh, Sitecore uses GraphQL, getting a little technical. Uh, but it's just an easy way to get content. And so uh, you know it's there. You know how to query it. You know how to pull it. And... Um, you just have your marketing tool behind it that can push content to it. Wonderful. So let's say someone is interested in going with one of these psycho headless approaches. You know, I know you just went through CDP training last week, which kind of solves that marketing gap of tracking. You know, can you maybe give us some inputs or spoilers on how we could pair headless with CDP, especially since we're removing XCB and XConnect when we do go to one of these headless approaches? Yeah. So one of the things you got to watch out for are these performance gains of static site generation is that they're static, right? So you don't know what your client's doing on those unless you add a JavaScript layer. And so that's where it's a great fit for Sitecore CDP where you can add a piece of JavaScript and uh, it'll keep you know pinging any of the events that you want to collect. And you can also inject experiences. Uh, so it's a really cool layer where it's a really detached. You know, Sitecore's gone composable. So it really lives in its own space where uh, a team can go into the, the CDP platform and set up web experiences, uh, whether you want to inject notification bars or dialogues or uh, do A-B testing on different components. It's all you know injected through JavaScript. So it's a nice clean separation layer. Uh, you don't have to involve, you know, once you're set up and, and, and ready to go, you don't need to involve the development team. Uh, you can just layer that in. In fact, you can even pull it in through Google Tag Manager. It's just a way to kind of drop that snippet in. So it's really a great option where you can have the static site generation and personalization going at the same time. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think the nice pro about this approach is using XDB, XConnect, or even any of these other platforms that have a tracking mechanism, right? They do, they can slow down the performance of a site. So this is a really good middle ground where you can choose where you want to track, choose where you want to personalize. It's going the headless and CDP route. So that's fantastic, James. Any advice you would give the listeners if they are considering headless? Any do's and don'ts that you have learned over the past couple of years of using some of Sitecore's headless products? You know, it's really about planning. Because there are so many options, you want to make sure that you tailor it to your team. So, you know, the options of front-end frameworks, pick the one that makes sense for you, but then also balance that with you know, what's more supported in the community. I mean, so while there are various options, you know, right now, I think the, the best supported option is Next.js in the Sitecore community. But you could easily go Angular if you wanted to. You just know that there might be some places that aren't, you know, tried as much. And so, yeah, you got to pick your front-end framework. Uh, and then you got to think about your hosting plan. You know, the easiest hosting plan now with the Sitecore's partnership with Vercel is to host with Vercel. So you don't have to worry anything about infrastructure. You just check it into your source code branch and it's hosted for you. But that, you know, right now is, is static hosting. So you got to think about what parts of your site are still dynamic. So, you know, you just, you know, you got to bring in your solution engineer and kind of work through all the details and that can add some time to the project, but it's for a good cause, right? Cause you're getting all those performance gains, but it, it is an exercise you got to think through an architect. Before I hit on your point of talking about gathering the business requirements, which is a fantastic point. Um, what's Vercel? Yeah. Vercel, um, 
probably a lot of people haven't heard of it until Sacro brought it up, but it's uh, it's the same people that brought you Next.js. So team that built Next.js built Vercel as a way to host Next.js apps with ease. And what is Next.js, <laughs> you might ask? <laughs> um, well, that's uh, a flavor of React. So, you know, React is a really popular framework and um, it's a huge ecosystem. There's a lot of choices of what you do with React, but there's things you have to do that React doesn't have an opinion on of how you want to route your URLs to components and you know, page experiences, how you want to cache things. There's a lot of decisions of what you need to do to actually get it in the real world. Next.js takes care of that for you. And so it, it has all the plugins for you to kind of get up and running quickly. And then Vercel is just a way to host that without needing any infrastructure of your own. That's a nice overview. Thanks for doing that for the audience. But I do want to go back to your point about gathering business requirements, because I think what we're trying to hit at is, you know, headless, there are pros and cons of the approach in general, not just Sitecore, where I think it's really a strong collaboration effort in the planning phase between business slash marketing and IT. Headless really benefits the IT team. It gives them basically the leeway to do anything they want, but you can also lose marketing and they'll say content authoring capabilities. So gathering those upfront business requirements from both sides of the house, IT and marketing is, I think, crucial to the success of a headless project. Just making sure everyone, everyone is on the same page and that your development approach meets both sides' needs. But James, I'll turn it over to you for any final thoughts, any final recommendations on the headless topic for today. Yeah, I think a common pattern we're going to be seeing is um, you've got your, your content source, whether it's CM or Content Hub. Uh, you got your front-end app, which is going to try to leverage static site generation as much as it can. And then for the integration pieces you need your, with your website, there's likely going to be a middleware app that you'll host somewhere that is another endpoint uh, for all of your custom programming and integration needs. Anything that you've heard about what's maybe coming as a new development with Sitecore and Headless? Anything that you can maybe uh, tease for the audience? Yeah, I mean, the big thing to keep an eye on is, is the Sitecore Symphony. Uh, as they kind of termed it, the front end as a service. Uh, that'll be an interesting space to watch uh, as a way to solve that gap right now, right? Um, where we don't want just static HTML pages from the development team, but we want some dynamic pages. Um, being able to layer that into whatever front end framework we want to use. Yeah, Symphony, I think, is basically giving the markers an interface to edit and optimize the, the uh, front-end experience for a headless solution, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that'll definitely be a, a game-changer for Sitecore if they can solve that need beyond just the Sitecore headless services. So thanks for bringing that up. But James, great conversation today. I'm excited to see how the headless portion of Sitecore grows and adapts this next year. Greatly appreciate your time as always today. And thanks for swinging by the Sitecore water cooler to discuss your experiences with headless. Absolutely. Uh, hope yeah. to have you on again soon, James. Have a good one. Thanks again to James Gregory for joining us today on the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sitecore. I'm your host, John Price, and until the next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast today, wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson and Julia Klepich.